Hey everyone, I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, Please. And on today's episode, we're talking about the First Wives Club. I'm exhausted. What is my deal? I'm a little tired too. I honestly think our break was a little bit too long this time because it's <laughs> it's a sweet it's a sweet spot between like you know how when you go to work and you come home and you're gonna go out after, but you need to only stay home for like 20 for like, minutes, yeah, yeah, to like change, yep. refresh, and then go out. The longer you stay, like you're like done for if the night. You're home for longer than 45 minutes. You're like, done. That's the yeah. night's over. That is so true. You know, I know we have been joking about this, but what did end up happening with your satin slash silk pillowcase situation? Well, I took your recommendation and bought myself a linen pillowcase. Okay. And why? I don't remember why I recommended that. I don't know. I was doing it for my hair. You said it because when I told you that I had gotten the silk pillowcase, it was because I was trying to make my hair not look as though I had fought somebody when I slept. <laughs> so, and I had heard, I read that soap pillowcases are good for that. And you said that you use a linen pillowcase and that your hair is like fine or more, that you, you find that it makes your hair look nice. So that's why I bought a little, uh, so now I have a linen pillowcase. I don't know if I had an out of body experience when I said that to you, or if you made up in your head that I said <laughs> that to you, but I sleep with my hair up. So there's no telling. Wait, you sleep with your hair up? I cannot sleep with my hair down. I, I would not never be able to sleep with it up. I have to sleep with it down. Hair, get away from me. I've tried sleeping with it up because I figured it would help with the unruliness and I would never be able to. I can't get comfortable. Then it's on like, then I'm sleeping on my hair. Oh, well, wait, do you, do you sleep on your back or your side or what do you? All of the above. Okay, I sleep solely on my back and I usually fall asleep on my back. Interesting. And the ponytail doesn't hurt your head. Who said it's a ponytail? How, how, what's up, up in a bun? What do you Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is a ponytail actually. Where well, does other it times rest? It's in a bun. Like uh, on top of your head? Not on the top, but you know, like here. That's where I put mine and it hurts. I have to lay on it then. Might be Maybe how I sleep. A, do you another sleep? one? Another one of my techniques. <laughs> you sleep? Do you sleep? This is another interesting question. Do you sleep with just your head like on the edge of the pillow or do you put the pillow like further down on like so that is neck? an incredible question and I have a very specific answer. <laughs> First of all, I've been on a pillow hunt. I'm telling you years at this yeah, point. It's hard. The number of pillows. I swear to God, I've spent over a thousand dollars in pillows I know. over a number of years. Cannot find the right pillow. I have a purple pillow right now, which is like that foamy. Yeah. I, I like it. I don't love it. It's not doing anything special for me, but I don't hate it. So I deal with it. Oh, so what's your specific answer for how you sleep on your pillow? Anyone that just sleeps with their head on the pillow and yeah. their neck suspended in air is an actual sociopath. Also, it's really, really bad for your back when you do that. Yeah. You should not be doing that. Not only do I want the pillow under my neck, but I want specifically a pillow that I can like shift around to support under my neck. Yeah. Like I want it bunched up yep. under my neck. Yep. 
that's actually the correct way to sleep on your back. You're supposed to do that. My chiropractor told me that I should be sleeping as far up on the pillow as I can. Like if I can get part of my shoulders on the pillow, like all the better. Well, you tell your (laughs) chiropractor that I'm his model patient because maybe that's why I don't go to a chiropractor because I already sleep so perfectly. But you know what I've got to say in my desperate frenzy, I've been tempted to buy one of those pillows that my dad had when I was a kid that I remember him having those like memory foam pillows that have like a curve, like a crevice in them for your head. My dad, go into your neck. That's all my dad sleeps on. Oh my God. He swears by them and will not sleep on anything but that tragedy struck when they changed the formula of the one that he was using and it wasn't the same and then he had to go on a hunt for a new type similar but not the brand he was he was using like Tempur-Pedic and he would buy it at Brookstone and then they changed something about the way it was made and it wasn't comfortable anymore and he had a story of our family's lives freaking seriously let me tell you a little something about Tempur-Pedic like maybe Eight or 10 years ago, I bought an office chair that had a Tempur-Pedic seat. Okay. During like a Black Friday sale, I just thought like, ooh, Ooh, like fancy, jazzy. Let me try that out. Most comfortable thing I've ever sat on, used it for years. In one of my moves, (laughs) I've moved so many times over the last 10 years. So in one of my moves, I finally was like, I can't do this anymore. And I sold the chair. I just like had to get rid of it. When I tell you that I rebought the chair, you have to, you, it is an emergency that you need to send it to me because I need a, I need a good, I'm thinking of buying a chair for my office because now that I'm back in the office, the one in the basement that I was using for when I was working from home, I got it office Depot when I, or staples, when I first was working from home because I had nowhere to sit. I was sitting on like a kitchen chair. And so I needed a, a, a desk chair and it's fine. It's comfortable enough, but it's nothing great. I need one for work because the one at work is an absolute nightmare. Let me tell you, it is the only chair I've ever sat in where it doesn't cross my mind even once that I'm like sitting in a chair. You have to send me the link. I'm I buying will. that chair. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for you to, I can't, I wait can't to hear wait. about your experience. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I promise you guys, this is not any type of ad. <laughs> this is totally organic. <laughs> And this, by the way, is an insight into how excited we genuinely would get over something like this. And don't tell me what to do. And don't tell me what to say. And when I go out with you, don't put me on display. Pretty good. You remember. You don't own me. Don't try to change me in any way. You don't own me. So when I suggested we do an episode on this, you had never seen it and you very kindly just sort of said like, okay. Yeah. And I had never, I had only heard of the title and to be honest, I thought it was a show. Um, so I didn't know anything about it purposely didn't Google anything. I really just looked it up and saw the poster and saw the three women who were in it. And then I didn't look up anything else. 
I really liked it. I thought it was really cute. I have mixed feelings on Bette Midler. I know you do. She's sort of insufferable. And my thing about Bette Midler that I noticed in this is I always feel as though she's about to burst into song. Every, (laughs) the way she's- Shockingly, I would think that would make you like her. I don't know. There's something, she's a little too jazzy for me. Like every, she, every line she says is she's like, what are you doing, sugar? We're going to do this and that and this and that. And like, she's too much. (laughs) This really hits home for me. Can I tell you like a really, my mom still listens to CDs and it is like her prized collection. Mm-hmm. She has many CDs. At one point, she had probably over 100 Christmas CDs. I mean, it's wow. insane. Okay. She has a thing for Christmas CDs. I recently spent hours and hours with her going through them all to get rid of a bunch because you know the way she is. And we came across a Bette Midler Christmas CD called Cool Yule. Said like, let's put this in. Let's see how it is. And we put it in and it was the most Bette Midler thing you've ever experienced in your life. It was so unbelievably jazzy, so unbelievably horrendous. And definitely Cool Yule was, there couldn't have been a better name for her Christmas CD. And so hearing you say that she's so jazzy and you felt like she was going to burst into song. But also my fear of her bursting into song is totally warranted because everything I see her in, she's bursting into song. It's, she's, she's, she guest stars in an episode of Seinfeld and she sings in that too. Seinfeld, she's singing in. Oh, that's one of the songs from my show. Well, you made a long journey from Milan to Minsk. Rochelle, Rochelle. You never stopped hoping, now you're in the pins. Rochelle, Rochelle. When the naysayers neighed, you picked up your pace. You said, nothing's gonna stop me, so get out of my face. I'm having adventures all over the place. Rochelle, Rochelle. You know what it is about Bette Midler for me? It's it's the theatrics, mm-hmm. but also it's this energy that feels like she's unaware of the fact that people would rather, most of the time, people would rather her not burst into song. Yes. Like if Ariana Grande were in something, or I know for you, Taylor, like I wouldn't mind if she burst into song. I would be into it. Yes. I don't want Bette Midler to burst. And I she's don't. very talented. It's I not don't. bad. I just, just it's wait just, until we ask for it. Yes. It's almost like she's, she's hoping someone will goad her into singing. It's like, we don't, we, we don't, I don't want you to sing. Don't it's sing. That, it's that old SNL thing. With yes. Kristen don't Wiggs. make me sing. I don't know. Oh, don't make me sing. Yes, everyone is dying to hear you play. Yes, everyone is dying, but don't make me sing. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And she can't help herself. Even, no, when, she even when she's like screaming, I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but when they get into that fight at um, Goldie Hawn's apartment, she's, I was half wondering if she was suddenly going to burst into song. 
Like, I can't tell. Are you mad and yelling or are you going to sing? <laughs> Both. So that was my first comment. But I got to say, Bette Midler feelings aside, she wasn't so grating that it ruined anything for me. I thought she was perfectly enjoyable in this. And my other huge takeaway was I have never seen Goldie Hawn act. And man, is she Kate Hudson's mother. Wait a minute. That was the first. I thought that that was appalling, but then I looked up stuff she's in and what, what should I have seen her in? I now I need to look it up. Cause, cause I looked it up and I was looking for something egregious that I hadn't seen, but then I didn't really recognize that much that I should have already seen. Well, she's been in a lot of really famous classic movies that are way before our time. Yeah. I, I don't watch movies of that kind. Usually unless they star Jack Nicholson or Harrison Ford. Yeah. Like, what have you seen her in now that you're looking? Well, I don't really know why, but I've seen Overboard many times. Okay. On like random cable, state, like, you know, like a TNT yeah. or something. Uh-huh. Like as a kid, as like a small mm-hmm. kid. Mm-hmm. She's in Death Becomes Her with Meryl, which is like. I haven't seen that. I don't even know if I have words to describe, but like you will have to watch that around Halloween. Okay. I enjoyed her in this. Yeah, you know, you're right. There's really nothing. I looked because at first I, I kind of knew that this was going to happen, that we were going to get on. I was going to say, I've never seen Goldie Hawn in anything. And I'm looking through the list, trying to get prepared for what I would have supposed to have seen her in. But then I didn't see anything all that famous that I should have seen. Well, Private Benjamin, I think we both should have seen. I think that's, mm. isn't that also um, a Nancy Myers? Oh, is it? Is it a yeah. Meyer Shire? Yeah. Mm, okay. But what's weird is that despite me only having seen her in two or three things, her way and her personality and her energy are so, what's the word? Like ubiquitous? Like, you know, it all anyway, you know how yeah. she, it, yeah. yeah. And I felt that way too, but I had never really seen her on screen and seeing her was weird because Kate Hudson is exactly like her. Her yeah. voice is exactly the same. It's so weird, especially when she hits that like deeper tone. I'm like, holy shit, this is Kate Hudson. It was weird. <laughs> to see, to <laughs> That's see. cool. Diane was peak Diane. She was. She sometimes towed the line between a little too neurotic. I know that that's her deal. That's her character, but it was a tiny bit much at times. I was thinking, okay, just take it one or two notches down. And I felt that way about the movie in general. I really liked it. I just thought at times it it hit a peak that I wished it didn't because I would have enjoyed it much more. I loved the sequence where they break into Sarah Jessica Parker and the and Bet I don't know anybody's names. Morty. Morty. Morty's apartment. I liked that. I liked how they had the decorator go in and they let her in and it started out funny and then it just got a little too much when they're shrieking and riding around on the uh window washer thing. I love that when they when they get stuck in front of that couple's apartment and they're both like, you look great. <laughs> Which by the way, this brings me to my third takeaway. You, did you know, do you know who the woman in the bed was? I it's, don't think so. It's Ellis from Grey's Anatomy. Meredith's Stop. mother. Stop. I didn't realize Which that. Which brings me to my third point, which is that I cannot believe the amount of future famous people in this movie. 
Every, I was going to bring that up. The every single person on screen from a line or two to major roles was yep. so famous. A lot of TV actors too, which was weird. Timothy Oliphant made a random appearance. Obviously, Sarah Jessica Parker, the girl from Orange is the New Black. I mean, the I mean, obviously the husband, the one husband that's in a bunch of stuff, Titanic. I mean, he's very famous, but, and then his lawyer is the girl, is the woman from Succession. Of course, Maggie Smith, Rob Reiner was in it for two seconds. <laughs> it's just- Soccer Channing at the beginning. Yes. And Marsha Gay Harden as the therapist. Yes. Elizabeth Berkeley. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Every scene was a new, futurely famous person or currently yeah. famous. <laughs> I don't know. Some of them were actually famous then, but. What did you think of SJP? I thought she was adorable. Her was hair. Was she not perfectly cast? She was perfectly cast. Her hair was amazing. Her cute little giddy excitement over the decorator coming in to evaluate the apartment. I couldn't get enough. She was adorable. And I knew I had a feeling she was going to end up with the other husband. <laughs> uh, this, I, I had a feeling because for a while when I was watching it, I had to just keep track of, of which husband was doing like what specific thing and who they were married to. And I thought for a second that he was with her. And then when he ended up with her, I was like, of course. <laughs> Meant to be. So what made you decide that we should do this movie? Well, I saw someone just like a random person post something about it, like a a meme or on Instagram. And it just flooded my memory. What a 90s vibe it is. Mm -hmm. And then in the couple of weeks from then till now, I've seen minimum a dozen references about it. Really? From all different people. So weird. I love the scene where they're at the auction. Yes. I mean, I love an auction. Give me an auction any day. <laughs> like the, the ping ponging of the dialogue is so good. Mm -hmm. And the things that they say to push her over the edge to bid. $55,000. The lady's bid up front. Oh my God, did you see who bid? That's, that's Elise Elliott. Yeah, she has impeccable taste for an actress. $55,000. A warning then at $55,000. That's a fabulous shave. Oh, I don't know. That's so far Architectural Digest. Really? Oh, you guaranteed. $60,000 this side. New bidder now at $60,000. And selling left then. Not yours here, madam, at $60,000. For you, madam, $60,000. And I loved that Maggie Smith and the decorator were, or the, what was he? He was a. Like, an, I don't know what an, they called it. Oh, an interior okay. designer. An interior designer. I loved that they ended up with her together it was such an yeah. odd pairing to put with her but it was so funny and I also loved the scene right after when he's yelling at her about all the money she spent and that she just she tells him that she just wants a lifestyle what, what, what happened here $140,000 for a plate $47,000 for a carpet a used carpet $300,000 for a Lamborghini? Are you crazy? I bought the car for you. It was only three hundred grand. It was a gift. With my money you bought it. I bought me the gift. Jesus, Morty, all I want is a lifestyle, you know? With some ambiance and, and some classic eternal good taste. But not for $300,000, Shelley. I loved Diane Keaton's apartment. 
she had a cool kitchen that she was with when she was in the scenes with her mother and her daughter. I liked the layout of her kitchen. I'm so surprised that you weren't like jazzed up about them singing that song at the end. Like that's such a you thing. I hated the song. I thought it was, I didn't think it fit. You know, it was sort of out of place. I actually liked when they sang the first time when they're in the, which I loved that scene when they are sitting with all the candles in, I think their office before they've renovated it. And I loved that scene where with all the candles and they have those wine glasses that have like that deep red wine in them. And they had like remnants of food on the, these blankets. I think they were sitting on the ground when, and when they sang then that was cute. The singing at the end was, it went on for a little too long. Blend, come on, come on, run all of us all together real loud. Okay. Yeah. You're going to sing with me. All right. We'll okay. Let, okay. Every letter. Okay. All right. To Cynthia, happy birthday, wherever you are. All right. Okay. Cynthia. Cynthia. All right. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I pick a note of you don't, you, you don't, don't own me. me. I'm not, I'm not just one, one of your many toys. You, you don't, don't own me. Don't, don't say, say I can't go with other boys. And don't tell me what to do. And don't tell me what to say. But I did like that. I liked the whole end sequence where they're all getting one over on their husbands and how it's intercut. That was a really good sequence when it's intercutting them telling their husbands why they're going to do exactly what they say, especially when Goldie Hawn is talking to her husband and she reveals that the woman he's been dating is 16 and he freaks out. How old is she, Bill? 25, 26? 21. Yeah, in about five years. She's 16. What? Two years ago, she dropped out of a little high school in Newkirk, Idaho. Should have done your homework, Bill. I did. Oh, a copy of her birth certificate. Oh, God. I didn't know. Oh, my God. What are you going to do? Oh, what am I going to do? Well, right now, I'm just going to use the F word. Felony. While we were married, I helped you. Now it's your turn to help others. Where are you going? To see Barbara Walters. Oh my God! Scared. You're not gonna talk about this, are you? Well, that depends on you. Be there at that address in two hours, babe. I actually liked that that they chose one of them to make a reconciliation that it seems implied that Bette Midler is going to get back with her husband. I liked that because it felt more real than all three of them just writing them off. And it was the right choice. It was the right choice of woman to pick too to get with her husband again. I liked that Diane says that her husband came crawling back and then she said, drop dead. (laughs) That was really great for her. It was pretty clear that night that Brenda and Morty were headed for a reconciliation. Elise was dating an actor in her hit play. And as for me, Aaron and Dr. Rosen split up. He wants to come home again, and he feels emotionally ready to recommit to an equitable and caring relationship. I told him to drop dead. 
Who's your favorite of the three or your favorite storyline of the three of their divorces? I don't think that anyone can share the screen with Goldie Hawn and like her not be the star of it all. I agree. She was as much as I love Diane Keaton. Like you can't. Yeah. I didn't love her as much as I normally love her in this because I thought she was a little outshone by Goldie, honestly. And everyone's obsession with her looks through the whole time. And she's just this like bubbly personality of herself. She's so cute. She was so cute on the Stairmaster and then like hopping off and getting onto the treadmill when she was having all her ideas. Yes. And then their office that they put together, like when they have all the husbands there to put them in their places and they're sitting at their desks. It's so... I can't think of what that design style is called. Um, It's the name of a city. It's almost called like Memphis or something. Oh, it is. Is it? Memphis. (laughs) I think that does it for the first Wives Club. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Till next time.